What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. What is going on, friends? Thank you so much for continuing to walk with us as we journey through the book of Acts. We find ourselves today in Acts chapter 13, and we're going to be reading a large chunk of Scripture. But do not be intimidated. We have a lot to learn from this passage of Scripture that is packed with the gospel, packed with a movement of the Holy Spirit, packed with obedience, and packed with really some people who, because of their pride and their jealousy, instead of being an advocate, became oppressors and really people who were against this gospel. And so there's a lot to be read and a lot to be gleaned from this big passage of scripture. We're going to begin in verse number 13. And again, we are going through verse number 53. Yes, 13 to 53. Again, a lot of verses, but some rich, rich gospel and theology. And so I'm reading out of the NIV version. I will pause a couple of times, pull out some truths that I gleaned as I read through it, and then we will go from there. So let's begin. Acts 13, beginning in verse 13, says this. Now Paul and his companions set sail from Paphos and came to Perga and Pamphylia. And John left them and returned to Jerusalem. But they went on from Perga and came to Antioch in Pisidia. And on the Sabbath day, they went into the synagogue and sat down. After the reading from the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent a message to them, saying, Brothers, if you have any word of encouragement for the people, say it. Let me pause right here. Notice something. Notice that Paul and Barnabas went to be a part of the body. They went to the temple. They went to learn. They went to worship. Just because God was using these two uh, to really convey his word and to spread his gospel, they still needed pouring into. None of us ever get to past the point of needing a community of believers and needing a family of believers to remind us of what is true. And we see that exemplified by Paul and Barnabas. Even though they were on mission by God, they still went to hear the word of God and to be encouraged by the fellow believers. So verse number 16. So Paul stood up and motioning with his hand, he said, let's pause again. Notice that it doesn't say that Paul had some time to come up with uh, his message that he did not know he was going to be preaching. Paul was ready to give a word. And you might be going, wow, if anyone ever called on me to give a word, I don't have no idea what I would say. Paul stuck with what he knew. What he knew was he knew his king, he knew his king's story, and he knew how his king's story had impacted his story. So that was enough. So he was prepared to give a word because he had sat in the word, he had experienced the word, and he had seen the word. And so for us, as we look at that and go, Lord, please not me. No, you have something to say because the Lord has impacted your life, and that's all you have been called to share. You know the gospel. You know the good news of what Jesus has done, his perfect life lived, his sacrifice, paying a debt that we could not pay, but he didn't owe, but he paid it anyways on our behalf because he was the unblemished lamb. And three days after being buried, he was resurrected, holding the key to victory, offering it to all who would dare receive it. And if you receive that gift of eternal life, your debt has been paid and your chair has been pulled out so that you can sit at the table of the king and become one of his family. 
That's the gospel. And that's what Paul knew and Paul was able to share. So know this, you always have something to say about the king because the king has intersected your story and given you a story to share. Keeps going in verse 16. Man of Israel and you who fear God, listen. The God of this people Israel chose our fathers and made the people great during their stay in the land of Egypt. Notice Paul is going back. He is giving the history of the Israelites. And with uplifted arm, he led them out of it. And for about 40 years, he put up with them in the wilderness. I love Paul's language. He put up with them. He tolerated them. He gave grace to them, even though they weren't deserving of it, which is our same story. We aren't deserving of grace, but the king gives us grace in spite of ourselves. Verse 19. And after destroying seven nations in the land of Canaan, he gave them their land as an inheritance. All this took about 450 years. And after that, he gave them judges until Samuel the prophet. Then they asked for a king, and God gave them Saul the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, for 40 years. And when he had removed him, he raised up David to be their king, of whom he testified and said, I have found in David the son of Jesse a man after my own heart who will do all my Will. And he's saying David is a picture of Jesus that is to come. David was an imperfect picture, an imperfect king, but yet he was a glimpse of the king that was to come. Verse 23, of this man's offspring, God has brought to Israel a savior, Jesus, as he promised. Let's pause one more time. Well, not one more time. We're probably going to pause several more times. But think about this. God keeps his promises. Let me just say that again slowly to you. God keeps his promises. He is not going to forget you, forget you, and he is faithful to fulfill what he has promised. Goes on to say this. Before his coming, John had proclaimed a baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel. Notice, John the Baptist was presenting this to all the people of Israel. And as John was finishing his course, he said, What do you suppose I am? I am not he, no, but behold, after me one is coming, the sandals of whose feet I am not worthy to untie. John the Baptist has given us a glimpse of what we have been invited to do, to point the finger to Jesus. We are not the Savior, but we know him. Brothers, sons of the family of Abraham, and those among you who fear God, to us has been sent the messenger of this salvation. Here comes that gospel. For those who live in Jerusalem and their rulers, because they did not recognize him nor understand the utterances of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath, fulfilled them by condemning him. And though they found in him no guilt worthy of death, they asked Pilate to have him executed. And when they had carried out all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead. And for many days he appeared to those who had come with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are now his witnesses to the people. And we bring you the good news, that what God promised to the fathers, this he has fulfilled to us, their children, by raising Jesus, as also it is written in the second psalm. You are my son, today I have begotten you. And as for the fact that he raised him from the dead, no more to return to corruption, he has spoken in this way. I will give you the holy and sure blessings of David. Therefore, he says also in another psalm, you will not let your holy one see corruption. Verse number 36. For David, 
after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, fell asleep and was laid with his fathers and saw corruption. But he whom God raised up did not see corruption, talking about Jesus. Let it be known to you, therefore, brothers, that through this man forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. And by him, everyone who believes is freed from everything from which you could not be freed by the law of Moses. But where, therefore, lest what is said in the prophets should come about, Look, you scoffers, be astounded and perish, for I am doing a work in your days, a work that you will not believe, even if one tells it to you. As he went out, the people begged that these things might be told to them, to, told to them the next Sabbath. And after the meeting of the synagogue broke up, many Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who, as they spoke with them, urged them to continue in the grace of of God. Notice that this company that's hearing Paul so clearly and eloquently present the gospel, they're like, we want some more of that. We want you to stay. We want you to preach on the next Sabbath. We want to keep hearing this news of the good news. We want to keep hearing how this grace has touched us through Jesus. We want to hear more. Why do these people thirst to hear this more? Because it's good news. It is good news. I never tire of good news. I remember during COVID, um, I was listening, I was watching this YouTube show, I believe, called The Good News Network. In, in, in the midst of all the bad news we were receiving, we were on lockdown, all the things. We got to hear this good news. And I think it was produced by John Krasinski, who was in the office. And really his goal was to remind us that there are good things going on. And guys, I looked forward to hearing that. I needed it. It was like a balm to my weary soul. And this is the same thing that is going on here. As Paul is preaching this good news, the people want to hear it more. The people want to hear it more because it's a story of grace. It's a story of redemption. It's a story of salvation. It's a story of their debt being paid. And so they wanted to hear more. They were thirsty for this good news. It was like nurturing water to their soul. And can I just tell you, sometimes I forget that the gospel is still good news. And you might not ever forget that, but there are times when I forget that the gospel is good news. Not only is it good news, it is saving news. Not only is it saving news, it's redeeming news. Not only is it redeeming news, but it's news that has made me new. And so these people were hungry and thirsty for it. And then we're going to see in verse number 44, there's a change in the atmosphere. The next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. Do you see? There were people who told people, who told people, who told people about this good news. And those people who heard, who heard, who heard, wanted to come hear this good news because everybody wants to hear good news and good news is for everybody. Verse number 45. But when the Jews saw the crowds, notice the same people that were excited initially began to see the crowds. They were filled with jealousy and began to contradict what was spoken by Paul reveling him. Their flesh got in the way. I think to myself, man, whenever I see stories like this and I read the narrative of scripture and I go, mm, 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 bless their heart. But as I say, bless their heart, I see myself. How many times have I gotten jealous because I haven't gotten the accolades or the affirmation that those around me has gotten and my flesh gets in the way from receiving the good news and seeing it for what it actually is. You would think that these people would have gone, man, praise God for all those 
who were coming to hear this good news. But no, they got jealous because they were not the source and the cause of people coming. And so instead of encouraging it, instead of being a part of this revival, they decided to take a posture of pridefulness and they decided to be opposers instead of applauders. He goes on to say this. And Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly, saying it was necessary that the word of God be spoken first to, first to you, since you thrust it aside and judged yourselves. Unworthy of eternal life, behold, we are turning to the Gentiles, for so the Lord has commanded us, saying, I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. So Paul and Barnabas are going, if you don't want to receive this good news, if you want to reject the present, I'm going to offer this present to others. You don't have to receive it. That's a choice you get to make, but I'm going to offer it to others. Verse number 48. And when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord. And as many as were appointed to eternal life believed. And the word of the Lord was spreading throughout the whole region. Verse 50. But the Jews incited the devout women of high standing and the leading men of the city stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and drove them out of their district. But they, talking about Paul and Barnabas, shook off the dust from their feet against them and went to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Notice that these religious people had an opportunity to rejoice with those who were coming to believe the good news of Jesus, but they couldn't get around themselves. They kept be getting in their own way. They couldn't see past their pride. So instead of rejoicing, they rejected. But yet the disciples said, okay, I'm going to shake the dust, meaning we're done with you. But yet they continued to rejoice. Why? Because God had done something only God could do. They had joy and they were full of the Holy Spirit. And now there were more added to their number who received this story of salvation and grace. And this good news was truly good to them as well. And so they continued to rejoice in the midst of persecution. Why? Because persecution doesn't mean that God is not working. It's even more affirmation that God actually is. And so they rejoiced. So today, I wonder... If you're going to be one to applaud the work of God, that what he is doing in others around you life, are you going to oppose it? I wonder if you are going to consider it pure joy when you face persecution of many kinds because you know that the Lord is moving and active. Hear me, friend. Keep your eyes fixed on the Lord today. Inhale his breath and take a step and trust that he's moving and working no matter what you may face today. No matter how much the storm rages, remember that peace is in the midst of the boat with you. Thank you for joining us. Pray that you will continue to keep those eyes fixed, those hearts hungry, and those feet in motion with the King. We look forward to seeing you back here soon. You behave yourselves out there. Y'all go and be blessed. Thank you for joining us today for the New Vision Podcast. We hope that you have heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk today in light of God's word. To find out more information about New Vision, we would love for you to follow us on Instagram at New Vision Life or look us up online at newvisionlife.com. And as always, we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.